0: Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. Today's guests, it's a, uh, a, a, three, a three-way conversation we're having today. It was actually the second time I've done this on this podcast, so it's always, it's always super fun to have uh, multiple people instead of just a one-on-one conversation. But uh, this is Jen and Stacey Conkey. They are real estate powerhouses with two decades of investment experience and insatiable drive to transform the multifamily education space. And what's awesome about this is that yes, they're in real estate. Uh, not a whole lot of people. I know a few people listening to this podcast are in real estate. So you probably get some cool insights with that, but mostly Jen and Stacey have built an online business has been very, very successful teaching other people how to be successful with, uh, you know, real estate and multifamily Uh, in that part of real estate and all this. So it's gonna be really cool just to dive into, you know, content strategy, mindset, all the different things that have helped them really achieve uh, the level of success that they have achieved. And I'm really excited about this conversation. So Jen, Stacey, how you two doing today? oh great
1: awesome thanks Thanks for having us. yeah thank you for having
0: us yeah i'm stoked about this so i don't know how you two want to do this but i would love to hear a bit of the backstory. if you want to go you first me first or whatever you want to do but what made you two decide to build a business and i'm always interested too when it's two people uh because you you two attack you know this one topic together uh being business partners what made you decide that like let's do this together and um you know start teaching people about multifamily and real estate. How'd you get into kind of building this knowledge business together?
1: Totally. So, well, we started in real estate at the same time, but we didn't know each other then. So it was, you know, 2003 um, and our paths met in 2015. And at that time, Stacy had been teaching people already. She was coaching people one on one. And I had been grinding in real estate for 12 years. And the entire time just felt like, man, really wish there was a community where I could ask questions, get support, feel supported, a sense of belonging. And she was coaching one on one. And I pitched her the idea of, hey, what if we converted that to a one to many so that way we can build a community where, you know, we can kind of teach people how we do it. And then eventually down the road, we can get them to do it with us. So we had a a big vision of that. And and she really wanted to disrupt the education space. So a little bit in the beginning was like, hmm, can we really do it? That mindset piece. And then once we discovered, you know, it was like COVID hit. And uh, it was very easy for us to meet people where they were, which was stuck at home. So we saw opportunity where most people saw, that, oh God, what's going on? There's this or pandemic, the L is silent, by the way. And are we going to be able to still do real estate? So we looked at it as an opportunity. Zoom started to become very strong then. And we thought, you know what? We can make this container work, created a group offer, and just really started going for it. And in the beginning, it was difficult. We only have three people, but we were so excited about those three people. <laughs> so excited about those three people um so we had two different reasons why we wanted to start it i wanted to build a community and really kind of a farming system of people that would know our system and we could watch them implement it then we could do deals together and stacy was like just i want to be making sure that everybody's learning what i didn't learn when i was trying to do it and help their beginnings be a little bit smoother so shortcut the learning curve Mm. yeah so it's just we really wanted to do it
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And where are you two at like right now in terms of how you're helping people and how is that, you know, vision and dream really come to fruition now?
1: It feels unreal sometimes. We've we've helped thousands of people, but we've had hundreds of students in our academy. It's only four years old. And most of the time, what happens, there's like 75% of the people want to continue on after they're in for their first year. They want to go to year two, they want to go to year three, and they want to start doing deals with us. And it feels a little bit unreal sometimes, honestly we have four events every year where we get all of our students there plus it's open to the public so we really like to create these experiences and we have changed so many lives that they're starting to pour back into us uh, we we had our last event they literally put on a performance oh for us they they performed the greatest showman and did this whole thing like for us a flash us, mob like a flash mob and we were like <laughs> wow. oh my gosh so it feels amazing yeah. to to help people transform their life like that and then when they when they're just so grateful and you're already grateful because you feel blessed to be a part of it. And then you have this experience with them. It's really quite incredible. And we've created this vision where we want to create an army that's acquiring properties with us. And we are watching it unfold in front of us in the most amazing way. It just keeps us more juiced to keep going.
0: Mm, That's so cool. Yeah. What you mentioned is, uh, you know, it's been four years and you two are just crushing it, you know, the big events and all that kind of stuff. I am always curious, because there's people who listen to this and they're like how am i gonna just get the ball rolling how do i get my first kind of set of clients and stuff and it's always it can be kind of i don't know I, I i know from experience i wish this is why i like to interview different people on this podcast but like when you're first starting out it, you can hear from people who have this great success and it's like they just seem like they got it really like a much easier than I have, you know, and not to say it was easy for you too. I mean, there's been many different pitfalls and stuff, but what was kind of like the catalyst like offer or thing that you did that really caused you to, to really start getting traction, um, early on in your business, Or, or was it maybe two years in that you were like, we did this thing. And it just really was like a hockey stick of growth for you.
1: I, yeah. Wow. I will say this. Um, First of all, it was not easy to start. No, there were uh, a lot of no, very of difficult course, decisions. Right? <laughs> we we literally we literally put all of our heart and soul into creating what we called a it was a 14-day challenge to create a website, to create all these things to attract the people. And you know, we were creating our course two weeks out. Like people started with us <laughs> and they started on week one of the content, and we were recording week three. <laughs> Of a 10 week project, right? So it's like, all we did was we got started and we were like, well, damn, I guess we're going to have to get this course done now because we've got people enrolled. So I guess our biggest piece of advice is just start where you are, start with what you can do and just take massive action along the way and and really just force yourself to make those key decisions where now you really have to show up. You've burnt all your ships Mm -hmm. and there's only one way out. Um, So the first year for us was pretty incredible. A lot of hard work, a lot of churning. But I think the hockey stick happened when COVID let up and we were able to take our virtual and make it in person and do mm. both. So that's when the hockey stick actually happened. That was real, not yeah. until October of 2021 when we we invited everyone to our home to celebrate Stacy's birthday. And it just, it really turned into this party. You know, we were acting like kids playing hide and seek tag and doing fun things. And that made everybody just love us more and we love yeah. them more. Um, but that's when things really took off and they really became evangelists for us because we were human. <laughs> yeah
0: Yeah, in person all that for sure yeah that's awesome um when it comes to someone thinking about like i really want to focus on getting this business going what skills do you think are the most important for someone to focus on when getting started
1: getting started is your expertise
2: yeah because i am perfectionist it's it's a problem it's funny because i think it's not it's not so much a specific skill set because whatever whatever it is that you want to do everything is learnable. There's YouTube. There's literally could literally learn everything (laughs) on YouTube on the technical side. Um, I I think for me, from a mindset standpoint, if you can let go of the word failure as having the meaning that we associate with the word failure and just try things, especially when you're getting started, you have no idea what is going to work and what is not going to work. I promise you, probably eight out of the 10 things you try are not going to work, but you don't know which which are the two that do unless you just step out and try something. And I know the way that we grew up and the way that many people grow up is that's not encouraged. Like you go to school, you stand in line, you be quiet in class, you you do all, all the things. We're not taught maybe the, the current generation is different, but I know that we were not taught to just go for it. Just try. It's okay to fail. Um, We weren't taught that. It's like, no, you have a plan and you stick to it and you need to get A's and you need to go to college. You need to do this. So, you know, now that we're, you know, we started when we were 28 and now we're, you know, 28, 20 years later. I mean, we started when we were eight, we started when we were eight and now it's 20 years later. Uh, But I think the biggest thing when we started this business was being okay with trying things and just seeing whether it worked or not. We obviously think every single thing we're going to do is going to work. And is it painful the times that it doesn't? Yes. Does it kick us in the ego? A hundred percent. But does that stop us from trying the next thing? No. And I think some of that comes in the wisdom of, you know, we are, oh my God, I forgot we actually made. We I, we I forgot we're on a new number now. Now our number is 49. I forget that. song. I, I identify as a 30-year-old, not as a 49-year-old. So but anyway, the wisdom of having 49 years behind me and 20 years as an entrepreneur has just showed me like, look, you just got to get out there and take the next step. And don't be so associated to like what that outcome is because it might work, it might not. But no matter what, you learned something along the way. And it is the learnings the learnings that pile up over the years that create massive success over time. And if you can be okay with the ebbs and flows that come along that journey and just like keep sticking with it, no matter what, um, and take them as lessons, not as failures. Like, oh shit, that didn't shoot. Sorry. <laughs> shoot. That didn't work. Um, now I know something that didn't work. Well, cool. Let me try something else. And you start edging your way towards, success. So I don't think it's about a specific skill. When when you have a passion for something that you want to turn into a business and you have a message to share because you have figured out something that someone else hasn't figured out, but they want to do what you're doing and they don't know how. Uh, And now you're, you're ready to do the thing that you don't know how, which is build a business around that thing. If you can have the mindset of, look, I don't want people to suffer the way that I suffered when I was just learning this thing. So truly knowing that you have value. And it's, you question that when you're new, because you're like, I don't know who's going to listen to me. Who am I? And if all these like your inner voice that's talking to you, trying to talk you out of doing it, you got to shut that guy down because you have a gift to give the world. If you will just be, um, courageous enough to get out there, despite your own limiting beliefs, despite your questioning, whether you're good enough to do it. Yes, you are by the way. Um, and somebody needs you and they need you to be courageous to go for it. Uh, And depending on what your business is, what is the one next skill you need to learn? Like, cool, go learn it. Don't be a, don't be perfect at it. Just learn something and be okay with learning as you go. Otherwise you'll never actually get anywhere. If you're trying to be, if it has to be all right from day one, you'll never, you'll never move. Yeah.
1: Mm. That's true. I would say marketing marketing
0: okay. <laughs> marketing yeah, yeah. <laughs> for real i mean yeah copywriting which is a you know form of marketing salesman absolutely. and print i wish i learned that early on uh um, absolutely i mean i'm still learning it but i've gotten way better i've taken you know big courses and you know whatnot but um <clears throat> no i love what you said and especially uh, another skill which actually ties into what you were saying uh saying stacy is it's like you mentioned that the failing forward and the lessons learned along the way and i wish that i did this more in my in my entrepreneurial journey and even now i've been challenging myself even more to do it because like i was making mistakes and I, I mean like when you make those mistakes and you overcome them you can turn that into a story that can inspire someone and what i hear all the time from people especially when they're getting in a niche that they think is saturated even for you guys, like real estate, like there's a lot of people you can they can learn real estate from. But for some reason, they choose Jen and Stacy. There's a lot of people who can learn online business, but they like to learn it from me. You know, it's like I'm I'm just like a small person in this huge industry, and I think that what makes us different and stand out are the stories that we tell and the way that we tell them because what makes you the expert or me the expert that somebody wants to follow even if we're teaching the same thing is who we are as a person because people buy into people so what i th- wish that i did earlier was made more investments in myself and like just was more like, courageous investing and i've invested myself a crap ton you know uh but turning those investments and in, like going to events and um, investing in different masterclasses or coaches and things and just doing more, you become more interesting. It's like if you're dating people, you're not very interesting, like do more interesting stuff. You have more interesting stuff to talk about. And that's like Russell Russell Brunson. He's an amazing storyteller. I've learned a lot about storytelling from him, but like he has a story for everything. Why? Because he's done so much over the years. And I think that what makes you different and really stand out, even if the niche is quote unquote saturated, are the stories that you tell about your experience with your topic, like Jen and Stacy's experience with re- real estate or my experience with online business or this person's experience with relationships. And it's yep. it, ter- it turns it into being like like new, fresh stories instead of, oh yeah, three feet from gold, everyone's heard that to like, I've heard this, like the stuff you're teaching because a lot of it is just kind of like monotonous information, it's kind of just like the same stuff being said because it works, but the way that you said it really stuck with me because you told it in the form of a story.
1: Yeah. Yes. I think That's that point. one of the biggest lessons that we learned while trying to market and find our people that would resonate with us is, um, we got niche slapped, <laughs> literally <laughs> my biggest piece of advice. Sure... <laughs> uh, yeah, man, it, it was like, oh, niche slapped. we got niche slapped because it was like, we were afraid to niche down thinking, no, but we have to save the world. But really my biggest piece of advice, if I could go back in time would be to really niche down and find the people faster and sooner because I that was the other hockey stick moment. And we got mm. niche slapped by Tony Robbins. Like <laughs> what's the story? What's the story behind that? You got, well, slapped by so well, yeah. So we are um, platinum partners in in Tony's program, you know, so we go to his, his studio and get all of his trainings and everything. We were at business mastery sitting there and he was talking about all the ways that you could tweak your business and improve it and the things that you needed to do. And do you even know who your target avatar is? And we we're like, what's an avatar? <laughs> We're looking at each other. By the way, our business is two years old at this point, right? So we're just, we should have it figured out, but new. Uh, So we were just like, what is he talking about? And so we basically got niche slapped that you're afraid to go after the people that you could serve the most and transform their lives the most because they resonate with you the most. So don't be afraid, be courageous, rip off the mask, quit hiding in plain sight and go for it. And that really changed things for us because we were no longer afraid to go after Who we could really serve versus trying to serve everybody Mm -hmm. um because we're not for everyone and you won't be for everyone either whoever's listening right now just Mm -hmm. pick the people that you are for um because that's where you're really going to stake your claim because they're everything is saturated but you're different so what's your unique like offer Mm -hmm. your unique ability really
0: yeah what so multi-family is what you guys decided to be as your niche correct Or what was (laughs) specifically,
1: specifically because yes, multifamily it's that is so broad. Honestly, James multifamily is where we were. And then we had to get niche slapped down to no, but you're really the way that you stand out. You're the number one academy for teaching joint venture on small apartments. Every Mm. other educator out there is teaching, go big syndication, get a hundred unit property, do all these things. And it's like that, we don't do that. So we don't even want to attract that audience. Mm. We need to attract the people that want to do it our way, who want to stair step into syndication. And we teach them that. But at first we were just like, yes, we're all things multifamily. In fact, we're multifamily two to four and multifamily apartments. And there was no niche. And it was just like, wake up. Um, It was painful and we had to adjust things. But as soon as we did, and we really had to, um, it was like we had to create our own category, right? Because another way that we differentiate is we do it remotely. And everybody in our space and other education platforms, they teach you, man, you got to be there. It's got to be in your backyard. And to us, we've never done it that way. We've done different. So we had to dare to be divisive and say things that were just absurd, obscene, never heard of, but true for us. And we would attract the people that, oh, yeah, that's what I want to learn about. I want to learn how to do this without leaving my home, without stepping foot on a plane, without having to drive to the property. How in the world do you do that? Oh, my God, you've been doing it for 20 years. Tell me more. Whereas other people that aren't resonating with that are going to be like, you're crazy. You're a risk. You don't know what you're doing, but they don't know. So we really had to just target and nail and dial in on that audience that we could serve best. Uh, Because people already have enough mindset issues and self-worth issues, imposter syndrome on whether they can do it or not. So we we just need to go straight for the ones that want to do what we do, that we were only dealing with their mind, not selling them on the fact that they can do it Mm. the remote way, you know?
0: Mm. Yeah. What, what kind of advice would you give? You can give some people, you know, a strategy or just some tips even to really think about their niche. And maybe if they've been doing one thing and then it's like, maybe you just need to change it up or if someone just getting started out, how can they best be prepared? Like, what did you really learn from Tony that was like those little aha moments for finding that kind of niche or category?
1: So for us, it was like, we had to think about our journey and what we learned, what, what did we stumble along the way? Um, what was in our mind what were the two most pressing thoughts in our head or the two most like horrible emotions or thoughts that we had that we were trying to solve for because nine times out of ten that's who you're gonna help it, are the people that are thinking those same things like oh my gosh my backyard is so saturated with all these offers and I have to come up with so much capital in order to get into a deal and I'm getting very little return how in the world can I find a deal that pencils out was the biggest thought I had in my head. And the only answer was, well, I could drive to Texas and find a deal, but I'm in California. I'm in San Diego. I don't really have the time to get in a car or get on a plane. And so what would that look like? So we really started thinking about the people that were in um, tenant-friendly states that didn't have, they were really hot states like New Jersey, New York, um, California, all of those states, they're hot markets. Even Phoenix is hot. At the time, they were super hot and those deals are they're they're selling for way more than they they should. And then there's bidding wars. Right. And then you feel like so if you're living in that state, if you're living in that market, you feel shackled and you're never going to get into a deal. So we targeted those areas because the first thing you ask yourself is what are the two problems that they're facing? What is my unique ability to solve those problems? And where are these people hanging out? Where are these problems for them? Uh, Where where are their hobbies? Where are they spending their time? How can I get in front of them? Those are the biggest questions that you can ask. And the biggest one is what's my unique ability to solve for why, to solve the problem, their biggest problem that they're facing. And nine times out of 10, it's the same problem you had. And if you just follow your journey and what you were thinking, how you were feeling, it is actually easier than it seems to niche down.
0: Mm, Yeah that's rad very actionable i like it um i would love to hear from you two about is there any kind of like common advice that you hear in you know the the online business space that you don't necessarily agree with is anything pop in your mind
2: <laughs> go ahead i don't know if i should say it just say it you should say it, <laughs>
1: should say it. you should say
2: it let, let it. me repeat be- we make very divisive <laughs> So when we started, when we started off, even before we had launched the academy, we had decided that we were going to the way we were going to reach our people um, was going to be to build a Facebook group. We did not know how to do that, and so that we joined a mentorship or a, what's called a mastermind. We learned how to do that, so we basically launched our academy um, using a Facebook group, and then we grew it and grew it and grew it. It was so fun! Oh my god, we would be when we hit our first like hundred people. We were like, oh, Then our first thousand people and, you know, and everything along the way. And for the first, I don't know, two years or so, Mm -hmm. it really worked. And so it that was how we got like all of our, all of our students came Mm -hmm. through that. Cause we would just give and serve and serve and serve in that Facebook group. That was before Facebook groups were were cool, right? Yes. Yeah. This is is 2019 when we started it. Yeah. And so, you know, now our Facebook group has 27,000 people and it's funny because people who started quite a bit after us are very much on the oh my gosh it's all about facebook groups and what we have found is that things shift when you get to a certain point of growing your facebook group something happens <laughs> i don't exactly know what because we don't know what goes on the back end but it's like people don't see that any they don't see it anymore so the the, the main thing that i'd say that people are like all excited about that there's a point at which it's diminishing returns is Facebook groups, like they're probably good up until a certain point, but if you are putting all of your eggs in that basket, which we had, which that was part of our learning curve, that was another nice um, slap. That was it. That was a, that was another slap there. There, um, and something changes. Anything changes. Mark can Mark Zuckerberg can decide today I'm going to have static videos be great. The next day they're horrible, and I'm not going to show them to anyone. If you are having all of your eggs in in any one basket, you are putting yourself at at risk if you're not paying attention to how quickly things are moving. So like the big thing right now I'd say is if people are putting all their eggs in the basket of Facebook groups, just be aware that at some point, like start paying attention. Cause if it looks like things are slowing down, you might've just hit whatever the back, back of the room algorithm is where people aren't going to see your stuff anymore. And you need to be willing and able to make adjustments quickly so that people still see you. But all the time, people get very excited about we have a twenty seven thousand member Great Facebook group. Yes, we do, and that is cool. But it's not cool at the level it was when we had a thousand or even ten thousand people, because it, we it does it just doesn't work the same way. Yeah. And we will get people all the time being uh, giving us advice. Oh, you should do this. You should do that. And we're like, Oh my god, you right. don't understand. Like, you just don't practice. understand. <laughs> we, wrote <Yeah>. <laughs> we wrote the book. on yeah. it. Yeah, the e- yeah. an email list in, in my opinion, is a lot more valuable. Or mm-hmm. even doing both. But whatever you're doing, make sure you're also building building it in another way so that if something shifts in one of your worlds you still have a way to communicate with your your people absolutely well
0: awesome. yeah because it's great advice because like myspace was a thing and then it just kind of disappeared <laughs> and turned into facebook you know but it, right. if you built your entire audience on myspace and then it just
2: collapses <laughs> Went away.
0: you're like i'm starting from scratch but if you had ten thousand people following you on myspace and you took half of them onto an email list then you have your email list, MySpace disappears. You have this whole list that you get to take with you because you you have that list and then you can be like, Hey, Facebook's the new thing or TikTok or whatever, come follow me and then they'll give you a follow. But that, you know, it's not just like you could just collect these emails and just leave them for the listener. Like you have to actually have a relationship with these people, which is your email marketing campaigns. Not as complicated as you might think, Uh, it doesn't have to be as laborious you don't have to send daily emails even though it is a strategy but even just like one two emails a week of just like adding different valuable content like that's great uh list building something that i wish that i got into earlier i just didn't know how to do it you know (laughs) yeah, i had no freaking clue i was like well how do you do it now i teach people how to do it i love using youtube personally I get like opt-ins every day, just on autopilot from YouTube. And then they find out about my products. They book calls, just had someone sign up with my YouTube channel. And I've been doing that since I had like 200 subscribers. And that's how I was making thousands of dollars from 200 subscribers. You know, it wasn't even near monetized. I not even, I'm not even monetized right now. And someone just enrolled through me because it's just having a good system and strategy. You know, it's, it's being smart about it. And I think that, I mean, I, I personally love the idea of like make a YouTube video cause video marketing is just crushing it and totally. repurposing that into a blog post, repurposing that into clips, using like Opus clips, which I use and it's, I just started actually using it, but that's awesome. And it does a really good job at clipping your videos. So yeah, I think that that's like the smart way to do it. Cause then you could be on all these different platforms and just have a way to collect those emails uh, by giving something valuable in exchange for it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I yeah.
0: Killer. Um, Okay, based on your two career, uh, what is something that you wish someone would have told you early on?
1: Our real estate career or the academy? I'd say just
0: entrepreneurship in general.
2: (laughs) Well, I know what it is for me. Go ahead. Okay, so I, I, I wish that somebody would have said, now this is for, this is specifically for real estate, but I think it, it can apply to anything. I wish somebody would have said, just so you know, things are going to go wrong. And that doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. That's just business. And you're going to have, yeah, pro say quote unquote problems, challenges to overcome. Because when I was new as an entrepreneur, and I happened to be an entrepreneur in real estate at the time, but when I was brand new 20 years ago, the very first time, because I, I hear all the theories of all the ways that you can be successful, all the way things in theory should work. And then the first time I hit what felt like the Great Wall of China, the problem seemed so big and it seems so ridiculously small today. But at the time I was like, I mean, I might as well, I might as well have been hit by a Mack truck emotionally. I was just floored and I was like, oh my gosh it's uh, I was so dramatic at the time it's over i haven't even started yet and then my career is done and it was such a stupid problem that's so easy for me to solve <laughs> now but at the time because i didn't i didn't know how to solve it and i didn't realize that's just how it is as a business owner you are going to consistently get things that come up that you have to figure out how to work around over under or through And that's okay. It doesn't mean that your career is over. It doesn't mean you're an idiot. It doesn't mean that you're done. It just means this is an opportunity for you to learn a new skill and get creative so that you can grow. And that is, so I am so adamant about telling our students that because I didn't have anybody to tell me, why are you being so dramatic? It's no big deal. You're going to have this every day, all day, if you're being an entrepreneur. And if I would have known that the first time I hit that big this like big obstacle, I would have been like, okay, instead of being like, oh my God, it's over. I would have been like, okay, well, this is what they were talking about. So let me get resourceful and figure out how to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really knocked me out for, I mean, it was, it was a few days, but it was, a, I, I just still didn't know for a good year until I started seeing a recurring theme of different problems and challenges that that's just, that's just business. Just yeah. That's the big advice I wish someone would have told me for me. It again came
1: from, from Tony. Uh, he said, the problem is you don't expect to have problems <laughs> and he, dead on balls, accurate. Um, because I'm one of those people that I'm, I'm going to plan everything to the nth degree and making sure it's so perfect. And then I'm going to go implement, but I have to have the whole plan before I do it. And, you know, ultimately the way that he explains it and the way that he teaches is, you know, you're, you're striving for perfection, And it's a cop-out and that was hard to hear, but it is a cop-out because you already know you can't hit the goal. So if your goal is perfection and you know you can't hit it, it is a cop-out to prevent you from actually going for it. So you just sit there and you keep trying, but I can't nail it, it's not perfect. So don't strive for perfect, strive for progress. Like just make it happen, just do the first thing and then the next thing. Um, And that was hard for me in the beginning especially when I I had been in corporate America for 22 years and I had an assistant. So when my (laughs) printer ran out of toner, it magically got new toner. When it ran out of paper, (laughs) it magically got new paper. When I had a jam, it magically got unjammed. And the very first time, I was at home when Stacy and I first started living together and I printed something and it didn't work and there was no toner. I was going to lose my mind and it's so funny when I look back now cuz I'm like I used to have people for this and you know when you're in a corporate job and you're you're way up there doing all the things and you've got people for things and now all of a sudden you're an entrepreneur that's trying to do it on your own. And trust me, bootstrapping is a thing, it's a reality. There's going to be problems. There's going to be all kinds of discomfort. So for me, I did, I, I expected that I wouldn't have any problems. So therefore I lived in a state of suffering constantly. <laughs> mm,
0: yeah. yeah, I was on a call with someone recently and um, just kind of helping them out and they're so stressed, like nothing's working. I'm posting all this content. I see other people who are like not as skilled as I am and I have better quality content, this is not working. It's, just, I feel like everyone kind of deals with this at some point. And I was like, how long have you been doing this, man? He's like three months. I'm like Right, <laughs> right, right. I was like, Are you shitting me? Uh, I was like, dude, it's I've been in it for five years. And I'm like, this is gonna be a common thing. You're gonna be oh, running yeah. into this stuff all the time. I thought about quitting multiple times and then, you know, just awesome. had to, you know, have a little heart to heart with myself and be like, what do I really want? And it was this, and you know, this is a long time ago, but after that I ended up having like my first ten thousand dollar day. And imagine if I just quit. Like
1: yeah, right, right.
0: So it it is really crazy. You just have to have resilience and accept that that's what's going to happen. And even if you have a huge project that you're working on and you think it's going to be the best, the best thing in the world, and then it just falls flat, which I think everybody's experience has been in it. I, um, Uh it sucks, but it's like, okay, well what's next? I think that's an important question. Like what if it doesn't work? Am I going to cry and fall apart or am I going to say, (laughs) okay well, what else can I do? And it, right. just having that idea of possibility. I um, I wanted to create, so I my business is like three prongs. I have my coaching and then courses and products and then Kajabi I use and um, I'm a part of the affiliate program. So I was like, I really want to climb the ranks in the affiliate program and, you know, promote it more because I've been really passive with it. So um, it's great side of income and I have some friends who are doing like six figures a year just from that. And I'm like, I'm going to start doing this too. So I made, um, I had some friends who were doing like 30 days or 90 days of consecutive videos all about Kajabi and just promoting it, teaching people how to use it. So I did 60 days, and it was a big project, working on it for a long time. My girlfriend, I'm telling her about it, and she's she's not an entrepreneur, but she supports me. And she was just like, "What happens like, if it doesn't work? You know? Because like it sounds like you're just putting in a lot of work and you're constantly like, filming these videos and editing." And I was just like, ah, "I don't know." I was like, "I'll just figure out something else to do," you know? Like I'll find another way. Fortunately, it did work. And uh, now it's just, you know, building a nice steady stream of income and it books calls for me, it's a bunch of cool stuff that happens with it. But uh, I think it's just good questions to ask yourself, like, especially if you're so gung-ho about it, if, like, well, what if it doesn't work? It's like, okay, well, I can I can figure it out. And I think it's just yeah. that I can figure it out mentality that it makes entrepreneurs be entrepreneurs.
2: Absolutely, there's yeah. always a way. Yeah, we have definitely had things like that. Things we put like six months Or eight months of work into, and we like we our plans was like, oh my god, this is going to be like a game changer, and Mm -hmm. we did it. It was like like literally (laughs) nothing. All of that work at the time felt like we just wasted eight months. But the thing that's interesting is when it when that failed, we looked at that and went, oh shoot. But then within a month or two, we were like, oh, there's this different thing we can do, and oh my god, thank God we did all that because we could totally leverage eighty percent of that project for this and. You know but just repurpose that that's yeah. it's gonna happen it's just it's gonna happen there's gonna be things that you try that don't work and there's gonna be things that you're like i'm not sure if that's gonna work that'll go gangbusters You just gotta get out there and give it a shot <laughs> i just keep yep. taking steps forward
0: absolutely yeah awesome well thank you too for hanging out chatting with us today and you know sharing the knowledge nuggets and the niche slaps um jenna <laughs> stacy where can people learn more about you and get connected
2: um so we have um I'll, I'll say it as a bitly link because it's a little bit easier but we have a well this is more for like people are interested in in the real estate side uh we have um a, a page that just has videos about multifamily investing that, for beginners to so just kind of lay a foundation so uh, that's probably the best way to you know come and learn more about that and then there's a, a call booking link at the bottom so if someone wants to just chat with us you can use yeah. that link um we, and that's oh go ahead i was gonna say we also have a mindset course that i give out for free that's
1: that true. is um it is for for very much geared towards the entrepreneur to mm. really strengthen your resilience factor. That's what the whole thing is about. Um, and if you're open to it, James, I can, I can get you the link for the show notes if it, if you want to put it in there for people they could just, it's free. Sure. It's
0: yeah. Free. Yeah. I mean if you guys are cool with sending that, then that would be rad and we could put it down into the, into the show notes. Um, yeah, I would say like, if people are interested and they're listening to this and they're like, Oh, I didn't really think about, you know, kind of real estate. I know a lot of people who would love to do it and that alone takes kind of an entrepreneurial spirit. A hundred percent. Friends who are in real estate, and it's like, you know, I, they are entrepreneurs really, cause you have to find your own work and stuff like that. And it's it, it's a grind for sure. Um, but I mean, je- definitely check out um, the YouTube channel for these two, for Jen and Stacy. I'll put it down in the, in the description for sure. Cause then you can start to learn more about it and see like, maybe that is something. If you're listening to this and you're thinking like, I kind of want to do this, I'm kind of doing this. You're kind of bouncing around ideas. This could be a great, a great path for you, and you know you can learn from Jen Stacy. So we'll put links down in the description. You just kind of play around, and think about what works for you. In the end, for the listener, I know we talked about quite a bit of stuff. I think the biggest thing is like resilience with being an entrepreneur. No matter what you choose, if it is real estate or you know creating your own kind of personal brand or business, uh, making content is that like I think Ed Mylett put it the best. He said entrepreneurship is the best personal development program you will ever sign up for. And it's so true. And I'm like, that is freaking. I think I heard that when I was just like really in a low point. Um, but it happens, you know, and, and you learn as you go. And even when you are successful, it's like, you just have to get used to falling on your face and things not working out the way you intended. Um, but just keep going, you know, it's like, you can't win unless you stay in the game. And if you stay in the game long enough, you're going to, see all the other people leaving while you're staying there. And the next thing you know, you're, you're winning and you're like, okay, I just had to stay in the game long enough and keep trying. And it really is that simple. And some people it happens faster, some people slower, but you can't be attached to that. So I hope you got a lot of value from this. Definitely take what you learned here, make something happen. Implementation is your only superpower. And we will see you in the next one.